We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Oh, welcome back, my friends, to another audio adventure here on Insight. I'm CVV Chris Van Vliet. Thank you so much for being back with us inside the gorgeous Blue Wire Studios at the Wynn Las Vegas with a face that if you've watched MTV at any point over the last 15 years, you most definitely recognize. TJ Lavin has been the host of the challenge for what seems like forever. And we dig into how he became a pro BMX rider turned TV host and why he calls himself the luckiest guy in the world. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I know that you will as well. And I'm sure you have a friend who loves reality TV and who loves the challenge. So share this episode with them and take a screenshot so we know that you're listening. Tag us. It's just our names on social media, at TJ Lavin, at Chris Van Vliet. And if you happen to be on TikTok, I'm at Chris.VanVliet on TikTok. Also, thank you so much for getting us so close to 31,000 subscribers on the CVV Clips channel. We just started this last year, and it's been taking off like crazy. So if you have YouTube, I imagine, I'm hoping you subscribe to the main channel, which is my name. But the CVV Clips channel is growing at an amazing rate. So if you could join us on there as well, that'd be incredible. Our fan of the week is Ralph Stark. He says, beautiful and wonderful podcast. He always asks the right questions and always gets the answers that I need from the interviews. I actually met you at the PPW show. I hope you remember me and you are truly appreciated. I recommend this podcast to any wrestling diehard fans like myself. Take care, and it was a pleasure meeting you. I absolutely remember meeting you, Ralph. Thank you for taking the time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you want a shout-out on the show, just leave a review just like Ralph did. I read one on every single episode as my way to say thank you. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for joining us in the Blue Wire Studios. If you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, if you listen on Spotify, they now have ratings on there. So check that out on the left side of the screen. You'll see the little stars there. If you could just click the five stars, boom! That'd be awesome. It's just really that quick. All right, let's get right into this conversation. Please welcome TJ Lavin. Man, I just appreciate you coming by. 
Thank you so much. My pleasure, man. I appreciate you having me. No, it's, uh, I, I've wanted to talk to you for a long time because like everybody else, I grew up watching MTV. So like, it's good to have you here in the flesh. Oh, well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Yeah. It, it's, it's been a crazy ride because I've actually been a TV host longer than I was a professional BMX rider. Yeah. Which was my first life. And that's insane because I, I had a lot of fun and it was like, that was my life for so many years. Yeah. And then now, and I don't feel old, but I somehow have to be because it was like, it's so crazy. This is kind of like, um, like Rob Deirdrick, who's like, you know, he was the skateboarding guy. Yeah. But no, he's a TV host guy. Yeah. That's exactly like Deirdrick. He's, he's, he's a good dude. And, uh, him and I get along and we've, we've, you know, we, we've crossed paths a number of times in X games settings and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden we're both on the red carpet at MTV movie awards or something. It's so yeah. funny. And I was like, dude, this is so weird, huh? And he's like, I know it's crazy. So when do you feel like you made the identity shift to, Oh yeah. I am TV host guy now. Probably like this year, this year, <laughs> yeah, like, I swear to God, I was like, I was a BMX rider until I got hurt really bad in 2010. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then after that, I was, I was like trying to be BMX rider still, but there's just no way, like you can't compete with those dudes. If you have a year and a half off from head injury, it's impossible to catch back up, especially at my age. You know what I mean? So I was like, I was 33 when I got head injury and yeah. it's like a long time ago now. So it's like, dude, <laughs> you gotta like really be good. Uh, even come close when you had that injury and you came back were you nervous to get back on a bike yeah very and uh i still am i'm like really? i don't yeah i don't ride bmx anymore because i just don't want no part of it like i don't want the injuries and and i had so many of them like that it's like uncle you know like yeah at some point you gotta like be like dude like it's not worth it like don't put the bones outside of your body anymore like <laughs> i i like broke my leg so bad the bones came out and it's like dude that's ridiculous. Like the pain was like next level. And I'm like, yo, that was really dumb. <laughs> Why did I do that? But the profession that you're in kind of says that at some point, one of your bones or many of them are going to break. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I broke a lot of them and I have a lot of metal in my body and everything else, but, and I'm, I'm cool with all that, but, and, and I feel more physically fit than I ever have been. And I'm 45 years old. Like I'm you like, look great. It's crazy. Like I feel great and I feel more healthy than ever. And, and it's just, it's a good place to be. So I, I try to stay safe as I can. I snowboard a little bit here and there. And like, we we're going really, really fast in park city the other day, a friend of mine, Andy invited me up to his place in, in park city. And we were, we were sessioning the snowboard and it was pretty fun. But after the snowboarding, I was like, dang, that was scary. Like, why did I do that? Like, I scare myself still a little bit. And I'm like, all right, that's perfect. I feel like everybody hits a certain age and it's a different age for everybody where you realize that you can break bones or that you're not invincible. Yeah. Mine was 43. 43. Yeah. But you had a really bad accident also like 41 too, didn't you? Oh yeah. Like I bashed my head open and, and had multiple stitches or staples. I'm not sure what they did. I can't remember, but <laughs> it was like, it was a brutal crash and it was a freak accident to where the handlebar went into the ground, but the other handlebar, the other side of the handlebar went through my helmet and up into my helmet, like where the, the helmet meets the head. Is that where that scar through is the mask? From? Yeah, yeah. That oh, that's right a there. big scar. And it was like, it was like filet fish. It was, it was gnarly. And, and I was, I was like, hmm, that's not a good look. 
I hope MTV is not mad at me. Like, I was like, man, I don't really want to lose my job over this. Like, what am I doing? Damn, but like, like we all think we're like invincible or fearless when we're growing up. Like yeah, every kid, totally. I did the same thing. Like, you you go off of ramps or whatever. I had a moment where I fell like face first off a mountain bike, landed on my face on TV, and went. Probably shouldn't be doing that stuff anymore. Yeah, like that. That I did that same thing, but um, I broke both of my collarbones off oh. the sternum, and it was oh. it was brutal, dude. Like it was a downhill mountain bike race. It was my first downhill race, pro mountain bike race, and uh, and I was following this dude Eric Carter, who is one of the baddest dudes ever, and and I was following him real real close, and we were having so much fun. He's a former BMX guy, so we were just partying, and and then after this big left-hand turn, there was a drop and I, didn't, I had no idea that it was even there. And I woke up like five minutes later, I got my bell rung and I was, I was out. And then both sternum, like it was cracked and it was just the, the, the clavicles were jeopardized. <laughs> it, was, it was not good. How many, then, how many bones have you broke? I never counted. I have no idea. I broke my wrist six times total, three and three. So well, at least metal in them and everything. Yeah. So yeah, I just remember like, God, wrists are just such crap. Like, why would you ever like? I don't even know who built these wrists, but they're terrible. Can you imagine <laughs> how bad they probably were before the evolution of like landing on your hands? Yeah, dude. And before I got all this metal in them, <laughs> like, you must be fun at the airport when you try nah, to go through security. You know what? I think that's a complete myth um, because I have a lot of metal and and. Like, I have 10 screws and two plates in my wrist, another two screws in this wrist, a giant rod that goes on down my tibia, like it, through the tibia, and then a plate and 10 screws to hold it all together um, on, on the fibula and then the rest of it. So it's, it's amount, the amount of, of screws and plates and bars and everything in my body, it would definitely set it off if they did set it off. Mm. I do get... That thing like that when they go th over it, whatever. Yeah, like and the x-ray machine thing. every time. Yeah. yeah, I get the wand every time. And I don't know if that's because they see it in my x-rays. Yeah. They're like, yo, what is going on here, bro? You have a lot. But yeah. Man, what was the most painful one? The, the leg, for sure. I mean, the brain injury was nothing compared to the leg. So that's a compound fracture yeah. of your tibia and fibula? Yeah, both of those bad boys. <sighs> and then they went in the dirt. And that's, uh, that's like the bad part. Like... When you're, when you're inside of your bone hits the air, it's a different level of pain. Okay. Yeah. Like, like broken wrists. I, I came to, I went to the hospital with a frozen bean burrito, like nothing, like didn't even, <laughs> it was nothing. You were eating a frozen bean yeah, burrito. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Like I just heated up the bean burrito, ate it. And then I had a, a packet of uh, frozen bean burritos on my wrist. <laughs> so like you're chilling and then you're just like, no, no big deal. But, and, and your arm looks like an S, but it doesn't come out. So it's okay. Oh, but, but when I had the head injury, I actually shattered my wrist and they almost fused it, but now it goes back pretty good. I mean, that's as bad as it goes, but it, it was a really bad, horrific injury had it just been the wrist, but they, they, they have some amazing doctors here in vegas and they look they at put that it back scar. together my god there's a couple plates in there and like screws <laughs> everywhere but like it's it's i mean i'm definitely not cut out for tv because i have so many scars on my face my nose my bridge my nose my head my chin everything's just jacked but like it, yeah i'm i'm probably 
lucky that it wasn't worse. Well, I think even without the scars, you weren't the, you know, air quotes, prototypical television host. Nah. Which is probably why MTV wanted to at least try with you. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, I remember the day that I got there, I was, I was on the plane on the way there the night before, and I was going to Trinidad and Tobago. And they had already said, like, you're our guy. You're our guy. Did you have to audition? No. Yeah, yeah, I did audition. I auditioned out with uh, Kier Dillon and Corey Nastasio. Those were the two dudes. That oh, so were they knew it. they knew what they were looking for. Yeah. And, yeah. and those two dudes were action sports guys, too. So yeah. I was like, and then one of them was my best friend. Like, I love Corey. And he's, uh, he's a longtime friend and everything. And then we went into this meeting in L.A., and there's this dude, Justin Booth, who's from Alabama, the thickest accent you've ever heard in your life. And he's one of the executive producers. And he was like, TJ, if you were me, who would you choose? <laughs> and I go, nasty. No, no hesitation. Oh, wow. I was like, nasty, for sure, 100%. More charisma in his pinky than any 10 people I know in their whole body. And, and I, I stand by that statement. The guy is incredible. So why do you think they went with you? Because MTV wanted me. And they were the end all be all. And and Buna Murray said, We're going with Nasty. And then MTV said, No, you're not. You're going with TJ. And then I said, All right, well, I'll do it. And then and then <laughs> I guess I'll do yeah, it. Yeah. And I was like, I'll just do it one or two seasons, whatever. And it was my friend Vinny Potestivo. And he's the one that was like, No, we're doing TJ for sure. And then he introduced me to Jackie French, who was the she was the head honcho there back back in the day, like for real. And and she she was like, Yeah, that's our guy. And and I was like, so confused like we had a backyard barbecue at my house and i met Vinny and i met everybody it was real cool but i just didn't know why they were like so hell-bent on getting me and then i mean Vinny saw it like he was like dude you're the dude like that's it and that was it i was like did right. they ever tell you what specifically it was um I, or yeah do you know what it is yeah it was um it's because I had such a quick tongue, like I was very fast and I wasn't scared to put it out there. Mm. So, um, like, so the quick story, I was in, L I was in New York, um, to sign with William Morris agency back in the day. And Vinny called me out of nowhere and he's like, how you doing? And I was like, great. You're never going to believe this. I'm in New York. He goes, no way. And this is 2005. So I had like a crappy cell phone and everything else. Yeah. And so I was like, he goes, come up to my office. And I'm like, all right, cool. You have an office? Because he was a PA when he was out here in my house. He was like just sweeping my back porch and we were friends. I was like, <laughs> come in. I'll cook you some quesadillas. And he was like, no, no, no. I got to finish this. I was like, I'll help you. So we were friends. Yeah. And, and then instant friends. And then uh, we were cool, whatever, whatever. Fast forward five years. And it's 2004 in December. And I'm in New York City. And we go in, we go up there, or maybe it was October because it wasn't snowing, but um, yet. And then, so we go up to his office and I walk in there and I see rainbows everywhere. And I'm like, Vinny, are you gay? And he goes, yeah. And I go, oh, thank God. And then I just took the edge off, you know, because I didn't want him to feel like I had a problem with that. I wanted him to know that I was cool. Like, like I was a supporter. I love you. Like, I don't yeah. care about that at all. And uh, he was like, do you want a show? Because I was like, thank God, because there's you leave more chicks for us because he's a really good looking dude. And I was like, look at this beautiful bastard. And I was like, <laughs> you can't do that. Like, and I was super fast with the tongue. And he was like, he's like, dude, do you want a show? And I was like, sure. And what is it? He goes, it's called The Challenge. I go, no, that's my friend Dave's show. I can't do that. He goes, no, Dave's over it. You should call him. 
And oh. I was like, all right. So I called Dave Mira. Yeah. Right there. And wow. Uh, and he's a real good friend of mine. And, yeah. and uh, he was like, oh, TJ, you'll love it, dude. Just do it for a couple seasons. You know, you'll probably be over it, but it is what it is. And I was like, all right, I'll take it. And then, and that was it. He walked me into Jackie French's office. I met her. She was real sweet. And then I looked down and we were on the 32nd floor. And I remember it being 320 feet-ish because 10, 10 feet per floor, right? Sure. That's what I'm thinking. So I said, well, you're going to need a rope for this because this was after 9-11. And I was like, dude, you're going to need a rope for this because I'm scared to death of, of these buildings now. And uh, that's what I'm going to get hurt. So I got her a rope for Christmas and sent it to her, 350 feet of rope. And I said, put this under your desk in case. And then she thought that was the most thoughtful gift wow. in the world. So, so that, that was cool. And then that, that was like my first introduction to Jackie French. And she's like a lifelong friend now. And then, uh, and Vinny Potestivo and I are real tight as well. And, and Justin Booth is my brother. So that's crazy. Well, now you can't even think of the challenge without thinking of you. You're the guy. Yeah. So then, oh yeah. So I'm, I'm sorry about that. I went off on this tangent, but um, I, uh, I was in Trinidad and Tobago and I remember sitting on the plane and I was like, dude, this is very scary because I'm by myself and I don't know anybody. I see a dude with a cowboy hat on. I'm like, he must be cast or something maybe. Or like, I'm seeing all these people and he ended up being crew actually. But uh, I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is so weird. Like who, who's on the show? Who's not? Because it was a small, tiny plane to fly onto the island and everything of Trinidad and Tobago. And I'm like, all right. So we get there, load into a bus. They take us to the hotel and they give me this really sick room. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And, uh, and then I, the next day they were like, right, we're, we're starting in the morning. I was like, all right, cool. And I'm never late. So I always am on time. And if not, I'm 30 minutes early. Like I chalk the track every day. Like, I'm always on time and I take pride in punctuality. And so, and I expect it, but I, I don't get it back. <laughs> so, so I'm the exact same way. Yeah, dude. So I noticed that because I walk in here and all of a sudden we're doing the interview in two seconds. It's Damn beautiful. right. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm Trinidad and Tobago. It's, it's raining. He hands me a script and he says, learn this. And it's three pages oh my gosh. of stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. And he's like, there's 36 cast members right over there waiting to hear what's going on. So get it right. And I was like, all right, sweet. So I, I, I sit there and I'm like studying this script and I'm like, dude, there's no possible way you can memorize it. Right. So I just read it and I said, okay, now let me explain this in my terms. And I just said it, whatever I thought, you know what I mean? Like I said, okay, this is the game. Yeah. And I internalized it, like how to play the game, why it play it and how, what works and who's who and what's what. And 36 is the number and all this stuff. And I just memorized those main bullet points and then spit them out right away. First, no, no, no mess ups. So they were like, because we didn't even have live reads back then, which was practice. We just did straight to tape. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I was like, all right. And I sent it in the rain. And then the rain play came and I played on the rain. I was like, oh, yeah. So we're just going to do this in the rain. You know, what I, mean? I just mentioned it. And it was like kind of cool. And I, I remember it. I don't even, I haven't even seen it. I don't remember like if I've watched it ever, I don't, I don't think I have, but I just remember those things like it was yesterday. As, as far as a time commitment, how long does it take you from start to finish to do a season? Well, a, a, a real season of the challenge, like the, the flagship show, it takes us around 10 weeks. 10 weeks? Yeah, I'll be gone. I'll be living in another country. Like this time was, 
it was in Croatia and it was badass. I loved it. And Rovine, it's like so sick. And, and I get those experiences. I mean, it's, it's really crazy living over. I mean, I've, I've been to like maybe 50 countries, uh, over 50 countries yeah. like from this show really. And then to live in, you know, probably 20 countries ish, give or take uh, all five continents, like uh, uh, five of the co- seven continents. Right. So Five you haven't of lived them, in I've Antarctica lived in yet. Never have even been there. But <laughs> nor do I want to. That's maybe, maybe that's another season. It's too cold, bro. Yeah, maybe, but I hope not. Uh, so don't get any ideas. So then, uh, but I, I, like in five continents, I lived in. Which in, other continent haven't you uh, lived on? I lived in um, in Africa. Okay. And I spent over a year of my life. Okay, there. So Africa, North America. I love obviously. it. North America, South America, um, and, Asia, and Asia. Okay. Australia. And then Europe. Yeah, in Europe. So that's six out of seven. So six out of seven. I'm doing pretty good. Well, now it's time to live in Australia. Or sorry, uh, Antarctica. Six out of seven. Yeah, yeah. Six out of seven. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I, I never count. I thought I, th- I thought I lived in five, but yeah, that's it. Which one did yeah, you think you did? over a year of my life I've, I've lived in. Which one did you think you didn't live on or in? I didn't, I didn't even count them. I just, maybe I counted them like 10 years ago and North I said North America, that. South America, Europe, Asia. Yep. Africa. Africa. Australia. In Australia, yeah. I forgot Australia was a continent. There we go. That's why, that's why I did It's turning into a geography lesson. Yeah, it there. is. It is. I forgot that, though. Because I, I, in Australia and New Zealand, like I spent over a year of my life altogether there. Spent over a year of my life in Africa. Over a year yeah. of my life in Europe. Over a year of my life in Central... I mean, South and Central America together. And North America, obviously. What so, do you think has made you a better TV host over this time? Um... Probably Justin Booth, like he's the the executive producer of the show, the main dude. Um, he really helped me a lot, um, brush up the skills and 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 turn into a TV like personality, just polishing it a little. Yeah, like yeah. like you know he's like be yourself, and uh, and then like now he doesn't even like give me a script. It's crazy. Like like we went from like three pages of script, get it right, don't mess up, yeah, things like that. To now it's like don't even give him a script. He's just going to know the game. Like he'll he'll go there. A lot of pressure they all know, too. They all know that I'm going to go there early because yeah. I never am late. Like I said, so like I'll change a tire for somebody and still get to set on time. Like <laughs> it's 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 real crazy. Like I'll chalk the track every time, and that's like a BMX term, but that's that's what I do. Like so what is what does chalk the track mean for everybody who's well, not if a BMX you, rider? If you if you show up to a BMX race. The first guy there chalks the track so that that's... He leaves the trail. Yes, yes. He leaves the trail where to follow, right? Yeah. Where the track is. So the guy that chalks the track is always the first one there. I'm the guy that always chalks the track. And we used to make fun of my old team manager, Travis Chipres, and we were like, Trav, there goes Trav chalking the track again. So like that was always the term. And now I chalk the track everywhere I go, no matter what. Like I showed up here 30 minutes early, you know, like... Chalk the track. Just chalk the track, dude. It's like a great just like life lesson. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and then now I'm 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 actually in the midst of possibly writing a book. I I I I walked for an hour and told one of my stories to a writer named Michael Nelson who's who's never written a book, but he's the most talented writer I've ever met. Um he's from New York. And he was working on one of my shows in Croatia. And I read these things called The Night Befores and it's about um, I think it's the night before. So I think that's what they call it. It's something else. They, they they call it something else. I can't remember what it is. But um, they they send them to me every day, 
and I read them and it's hard to retain the information. And I, I'm not very entertained by these things, but I read his and I couldn't put it down because mm. the guy writes so good. Mm. I, I just couldn't believe that I really cared about these things. And I was like, dude, have you ever written a book? And he's like, no. And I go, do you want to write mine? And he goes, I would love to. And I was like, all right, cool, let's do it. So it's going to be called Chalk the Track. So now, I, I, I mean, now that we're talking about it, maybe. <laughs> that's a pretty good. That's a good name. <laughs> what else would you call it? Uh, I, I mean. Something I about the like, challenge, maybe? No, I think it's going to be like, <clears throat> have to do with being the luckiest person alive. Because I really feel like that. Yeah, that's in your Instagram bio. Yeah, I am. No doubt about it. I mean, anybody wants to challenge me, I'm down. I, I to challenge you? Yeah. Uh. Anybody wants to challenge me for the luckiest person alive, um, I'm down. And I, I will I will salute you if you are. Why do you, why do you feel that way? Just, I mean, my life is like just crazy. I mean, I have so many stories of luck that it's not even funny. And I'm from Vegas. I'm born here. <laughs> And it's, it's uh, like the luckiest city in the world. And I'm here and like, I, that you, no one can say where they're born. No one has a choice of yeah. where you're born. Yeah. So I was a super lucky kid right out of the gate. Like not only am I born in the U S I'm born in the best city in the U S in the best neighborhood, in the best city in the U S like my luck is like insane for that right away. So Instantly, I'm like, dude, I'm thankful. Like, I can't even believe that that happened. Well, that's all the stuff you can't control. Yeah. I'm guessing a lot of the other things in your life are moments where you've been lucky because you've been really prepared or you've met a lot of the right people and it's all led up to those moments. Well, preparation meets... Um, yeah, what is it? It's, no, no, no. It's... it's uh, <laughs> geez, um, Preparation meets opportunity. Yes. And that it's is luck. luck. Yeah. So, right? Well, that's normally luck i agree and i definitely had to practice my bike every day yep. i rode hours and hours and then i won my first pro contest so like i turned pro went there beat the guys that were in the x games yeah and then that was a deal deal maker so i just instantly got deals and i started making money and started doing bicycle riding for a living like <laughs> bmx like Dude, come on. Bicycle dude. riding for a living. Yeah, dude. Like, that's insane. Nobody rides BMX bikes for a living. Yeah. They do, but I didn't know that they did, like, doing dirt jumping. Like, well, I'll tell you where the, other, even racing, where the like, other luck part comes in is the X Games and all that wasn't really a dude, thing. Not even. I so mean, if you were born 10 years earlier, we dude, wouldn't be having this conversation. Five. Five. It would be tough. It would be hard. Actually, Five years, yeah, I would have been because Fuzzy, who's my buddy, he was born five years before me. Or he's probably eight years before me, and he he was right on the tail end of the X Games situation. Um, but but like having won it a couple times or a few times, whatever, there's no way that I would have been winning it if if I wasn't the exact age at the exact moment at the exact time. Yeah, and so like that's insane. Like to think about all the the things that happened and and ron simio who who invented the x games he's like the guy and he would come and watch my contests and he was like big fans he was the biggest fan of me and nasty like N nastasio so like, he would always like hey dj and he's in the audience and he's like get him man come on nasty and like all this stuff and we were laughing like 
who is that guy, that yeah. crazy guy with the voice? And they were like, that's Ron Simeo. Like, that is ESPN. Like, that's the guy. And I was like, really? And so, like, just a million stories like that yeah. that are just so, I mean, it's just insane, man. Like, I mean, I go and I go to the Gravity Games at NBC and, and I won that. And it was like the host was Gra Gabby Reese. And then we became really lifelong brother and sister. Like, I love her. And she's, you know, a longtime friend. And she's a real cool friend. And, and then her husband, Laird Hamilton, is a good friend of mine too now. And, like, he'll give me advice about life and cool things. And, like, he's a legend. I walk down the street with that guy and about him and stuff. He's, like, he's like the biggest wave surfer and just the baddest dude. Yeah. So it, it's insane. Like, the luck, that's lucky. Like, she got that job, and then I won, and then we were friends, and then she interviewed me, and we were friends. And what the hell? Like, Well, then you've also got luck in, like, a completely different area of your life where, like, you talk about these head injuries. Yeah, dude. Like, that's another like, one. Like, lucky to still oh be God. here. Like, just that one alone. And you're the luckiest person in the you world. Were in a, you were in a coma, right? Yeah, two weeks. And so, when you're in that, and then you come out like that, like, it's it's a different level of luck. I mean, I definitely hustled. Don't get it twisted. Like, when you wake up, and you instantly try to get out of bed. Yeah. And, and your you body crash. says, nope. Yeah, and I crashed on the floor, and everybody's like, freaking out and i'm like dude i am better don't worry about it and i'm crashing and i'm pissing in the hallway of a of a hospital because i thought it was the toilet and like it was weird dude it was like very long what do you process what do you remember from that crash uh i just remember the day of completely knowing that i was going down i knew it like no i knew it for a fact i was like dude i was so scared huh. and i knew it i knew that like destiny was coming dude it was somebody was coming for me and this was just intuition yeah man and i knew i should not ride no way no way and i and i did and i but i've done that a few times in my life like to where i was like don't ride and and then i did it anyway and it was like i slammed but it wasn't too bad like it was cool and, and i remember like my first double flip i ever did on a bmx and i was like riding around the front yard of Ruel Erickson back in the day, like in Henderson. And I was riding around the front yard of it, getting ready to drop into this big, long downhill he had to a massive kicker. And I, I was riding around and I was like, this might be the last time I can feel my feet. Oh, well. And then I dropped in and, and pedaled as hard as I could and sent it and just pulled the trigger and held on. Oh, like, man. I remember like thinking like wild stuff like that, like, so stupid to to just ignore it and go you know what i mean like it's it took a lot of of stupidity and balls but but stupidity to, to like to be like man you gotta i mean if you're gonna be dumb you gotta be tough <laughs> so on that day you're hearing this voice in your head saying something's gonna happen and then what do you remember about the actual crash or do you remember anything? I, I don't i just know that i i took a half crank at the top because I was so amped and juiced, like this is Vegas, this is probably my last contest. I told my mom it was my last contest because I knew that it was I was going down, and I was like, "This is, this is it for me." And and then I remember like pumping a little extra on the on the on the pump of the rolling, and it doesn't take much. Like I had really really strong legs at the time, so like when you pump at all, it's you know you get some miles per hour on that, and yeah. then. I was overshooting 
by miles. I was like, oh my God. So I'm 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 dead. And then I messed messed up on this trick that like I would have done that trick naked in my backyard laughing <laughs> in the moonlight if if people would have been like, I bet you a hundred bucks you can't do it. You know what I mean? I was like, Yeah, I can. And and it, that's how dialed in I was of that trick and and being uh, comfortable with that in, in, in that situation. And I already had one run successful. Um, and I remember that I, I was playing like a G six, that song. Yeah. Um, for the, for the first run. And then the second run was, uh, bliss and SO and they, they're my rap group from Australia, my favorite ones. And they, and I, they were playing on the, on the thing. And I just remember that and that's it. And I, that amped me up and I crashed. And it was it was a wrap. And the next thing you remember is waking up in a hospital. Uh, yeah, I, I just remember squeezing my girl's hand, not being able to wake up first. I remember that. You remember that? Yeah, I was. I was like, we had this thing where you squeeze the hand three times, and it's "I love you," and then "I love you too." So four times. So, so I remember squeezing her hand like "I love you," and then she would squeeze my hand for "I love you too," and I, I woke up like from my friend Tony who I brought to New Zealand with me, he used to think that they were saying home and they were saying, how you going, mate? Which, how you going, mate, is how are you doing, mate? Yeah. And, and how you going, mate? And then there's like, like he was like, home hey, home So all the whole time, because he's from, he's from Bulgaria, so he doesn't really understand like the, the, the slang that much. And uh, it was so funny. And we, we thought it was so great that we all just kept saying, hey, home and then he came into the hospital and was like, hey, home, wake up. Hey, home, wake up. And then the, everybody was like, oh, my God, he's waking up. And, and I woke up because of him. Wow. Like, I heard him say that. And I was like, <laughs> and I started laughing. Did it, did it, in your mind, feel like two weeks? No. Did you feel like you went to sleep and woke up? Yeah. Like, it was, it was real close. I mean, it was, like, pretty quick. I was like, I remember, like, not waking up, but, like, thinking man, this is going to be expensive. That's my first thing I thought about. I swear to God. I was like, and I had a 64 Lincoln Continental convertible at the time. And I was like, man, I wonder if that car will cover it. It's crazy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Do you think with all this talk about luck that it's possible to create your own luck? Um, I, I don't think that you can create your own luck 100%. No. I think you definitely have to have help. And, and if, you, if, you, if you don't believe that, that, you know, that you deserve it or that you can do it, that it's possible, then it's never going to happen regardless. So you really have to try. You, know, you have to try. If you don't have any try, there's just no way it's going to happen. Luck is never going to just find you. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't be so, I don't know, like cocky or, or think that, that, that there's no such thing as, you know, you just being in the right place at the right time or the, the stars aligned and you got lucky and, and were born in Las Vegas on that night. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. honestly, like, you can't say that you're not lucky. If you, I mean, first of all, I, the countries that I've been to and, and I see firsthand and I live with these people and I love them, I'm like, dude that is awesome that you're doing this, you know, this well, being born in this situation and you're still persevering and still making it happen and you still have a smile on your face 24-7. You know, that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. It's it's like, it's a belief in yourself too. It's a belief in yourself that it's going to work. For sure. I mean, you have to believe in yourself, but even if you, you, you know, Believe in yourself to the maximum, but you don't put any work in, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Like you said, try. Yeah, dude. You have to have some try hard. What do you think makes a great challenge competitor? Um, I mean, I think this, if, if you're well-rounded, that's probably key. But you have to definitely have athletics and, and agility. I think agility-driven dudes are better than just big buff meatheads they look great on tv yeah they do definitely but and and they look awesome in person too you're like (laughs) dude these guys are ripped but but if you don't have agility there's a lot of things that are just going to be you're going to get smoked i mean look at the goat uh johnny bananas is like seven seven championships and the dude is the most agility driven dude who knows puzzles and and things like that he doesn't know what language they speak in australia but he's funny. <laughs> no, but he's uh, he, he's he's really cool and he's funny. But but uh, I think CT is right there to be the goat as well. I think and and seeing as CT um, beat the crap out of Johnny Bananas in a in a, a an elimination, I would be real keen to see those two dudes go at it again. It'd be fun to see a season with those guys on it. I think you could argue that nobody knows it better than you. So how how would you do on the challenge? Uh, I I think I would kill it. I would do really well until we got to the eating portion. What do you mean? The eating portion would just completely shag me. I'd be done. I'd be like, nah, uncle. And and I'd be like Fessy, like just completely selling out my partner and, and I can't do it. I mean, I would try. But I would just throw up and it would be instant and it would be disgusting and it would suck. So the eating portion, if, if we got to do a final challenge with no eating, 
then I would kill it because I can learn puzzles pretty good. And you're competitive and by I'm, nature. I'm definitely competitive. Yeah. I'm definitely competitive and I and I have a lot of and I run 5k a day so I'm fit every day. Yeah, every day. Oh, it's amazing. And, I, and sometimes in flip-flops and jeans. Like I just run in whatever <laughs> I'm wearing. So I ran today in these. And these jeans by the way are this is my 7th day wearing these jeans. So uh <laughs> that's what I'm smelling. Yeah, okay. dude. Uh, th- these jeans are 7 days old right now and I'm going 30. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to wash them on day 30? I'm not washing them, bro. I'm just going to throw them away. But <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, they, they serve their purpose. I don't think you can wash 30 days out of that. Man, was this like a, is this a challenge yeah, to yourself? Yeah, it's a challenge with my friend Andy. He, he uh, He's a good dude. And he's the one that I was up, up in Park City with. And I wore these jeans there. And they were on day three when I got there. And I was like, dude, I'm just going to ride these jeans the whole time. And he was like... Yeah, sweet, dude. I, I only brought a backpack and I was there for three days. And he was like, well, we're going snowboarding. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm just wearing my jeans. Wore my jeans. <laughs> snowboarding jeans. Yeah, snowboarding these bad boys. And then uh, I put snow pants over it, some rental snow pants over my jeans. And then I wore these and then I took the snow pants off and I was brand new. <laughs> Here I was still wearing the jeans. And, uh, and I was like, then we went to dinner and I was like, same jeans. It was awesome. So if the 5K is part of your morning routine, oh, what yeah. else is part of your morning routine? Um, sometimes I work out. My wife has a gym at our house, and she has members and stuff at our gym. And oh, wow. It's real cool. Yeah, it's a big gym. And uh, so we have, like, a lot of members that come over and work out. So I'll work out with guys sometimes. And, uh, and so I love that. And then I also go to Starbucks every morning. What's your order at Starbucks? So um, in the wintertime, it is a venti. Uh, latte with oat milk and sugar-free vanilla. And in the summertime, it is a venti coffee frappuccino with sugar-free vanilla and oat milk. (laughs) Now, here's the thing, all right? Like, I have a reason for Starbucks. Okay. Okay, so so when I mentioned Dave Mirror, right? Well, Dave was a dear friend. I love the guy. And he came over to my house in September um, before he died. So uh, when he came over, we took this rat rod truck over there to to Starbucks. And it was my first time ever going to a Starbucks. I was 38. And I was like, this is... Why were you avoiding Starbucks? I never even liked coffee. I didn't care about it at all. I was just like, dude, I'm cool. I don't like coffee. I've been to plenty of Starbucks. Yeah, I didn't even know. I mean, I didn't even know it was that vibe either. Like, it was so cool. Like, oh yeah, yeah, love it. Yeah, it's fun. So, um, so that then I met a bunch of old dudes that I hung out with there, and like, I love old dudes, like, because they're just cool and they they have a lot of life experiences and stuff, and I love I love to hear the stories. And, uh, but me and Dave Mira sat at a table at my Starbucks for four hours. And it was like, dude, we've been here for four hours. He was like, yeah, dude, that's how it does it, man. It traps you in here. It's just fun. And I was like, holy, shit, that's crazy. And so we, we did that. And I, I remember it like it was yesterday. And then, and he was like, man, we really did it. Didn't we, man? Like we were talking about BMX and stuff. And I was like, yeah, that was cool, man. And then, but I, I think it was just like his goodbye tour, you know what I mean? To all of us. And then, and then he committed suicide in February, um, February 4th, actually. 
And and I, I just remember thinking to myself, like, dude, I'm going to Starbucks when I get home because I was away when he did. And then uh, I went to Starbucks and I I just got a good feeling from it. I was like, man, that was a cool feeling. Like, yeah. like, I, I, I'm, so like I'm visiting my friend, you know what I mean? Kind of a thing. Like to where it was like, it, it reminds me of Dave Mira every time I go to Starbucks. So no matter what country I'm in, if they have it, I go there no matter what. And then if they don't have it, then I patron whatever the local coffee shop is. And I still go to the local coffee shops here in Vegas called Grouchy John's. I go there all the time with my friend Parker. So so that's why it's part of your morning routine. That's why it's part of my routine. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of, Man. it's a little deeper than just like Starbucks, you know what I mean? But but nobody really knows that. But yeah. it's like, oh, he just goes to Starbucks or whatever, you know. No, dude. Like it's, it's, it's just because... It's just like my little homage to yeah. my friend Dave. I love that. What's the number one question that challenge fans will stop you on the street and ask you all the time? Can I be on the show? And your answer is? No. <laughs> 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 no. I just say, put your application in and do your thing. I'm not part of casting, just so you know. So the DMs, please, just don't give me any more DMs. I get probably like 30 a week or 40 a week. Of people DMs ask, like, asking you, can I be on the show? Yeah. At least maybe fifty. It's crazy, and I'm like, uh, I try to reply to some of them, but now I'm just like, dude, it's just too many. Like I'm like, I can't. I, I I don't have anything to do with the casting. They have geniuses for that, of course. That is not me. <laughs> so <laughs> that's way above my pay grade. I don't You're do, a genius in other things. I, I mean, I can play piano, yeah. <laughs> and guitar, which is yeah, unbelievable. I like music, so it's like it's cool, but that's it. Yeah, your foray into music's been really impressive. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah thank you. I, I really love it. I, I just, I, I love doing it. And it's, it's like, it's the, the first time I ever did an open mic, for instance. I, I, it was three years ago now. I've been, been doing open mics with a guitar that I knew how to play six weeks on the guitar. Like, I was terrible. You knew G, C, and D. Yeah, dude. And I was bad at it. Like, I wouldn't even, you know, there's still like, my fingers weren't strong enough to hold it down. There's still a lot of buzz. It was brutal. Yeah. But I still sent it because it made me so nervous. Like, I was so scared that I just went up there and did it. And and I went with a bunch of buddies and stuff. And they were they did it, too. And they were scared to death, too. So we were all together. Yeah. So this and is it, the energy you thrive on? Yeah, dude. Like, like I love the the being scared but without being hurt. You know, like, I, I love that you're like, dude, you gotta, like, you really have to do this in front of all these people. And like, there's probably like a table full of people that you don't know. And then another table full of people you do. And you're like, dude, you might look stupid, but you don't want to look stupid in front of the people you don't know. So, so just get it right. You know what yeah. I mean? And then do it, do it as best you can and like really give it, give it a go. Like, and so I just did and, and it worked out and I made it happen, but I was like, Oh, man, it was so scary the first go. But the idea of just send it, like I love that. That could yeah. be also the title of your book. Yeah, that is that could be that. That, that actually we were talking about that one because I actually painted that on the roll-in of uh, the Gravity Games the year I won. Send it, yeah. Or just send it. No, send it. Yeah, yeah. So it, and I did send it and I won. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Dude, thank you so much for coming by. No, You're, man, I appreciate it, brother. I, the story of your life is unbelievable. It really is. And it's the idea of, this idea of send it, it's, it's amazing. 
Because it yeah. can be applied to literally anything in life. Anything in life, from this podcast to going to open mics to doing stand-up comedy, like doing anything that you want to do. Like just start. Just send it, dude. Yeah. Just go and do it. Like yeah. do whatever you have to do. You want to make a rap album? Go and do it. You want to make a music album? Go do it. Like, yeah. you know, if you have any aspirations of of helping people blow up, do it. You yeah. know, and that's that's what I'm doing right now. My friend Michael Richter that I was telling you about. Yeah. He is the most talented individual I've ever seen on a guitar and, and mic and and like uh, open mics. He'll he'll go and win any open mic I've ever taken him to. Wow. So where can people look him up? Um, he's going to be on Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff. But for now, like Instagram? Michael Richter. Yeah. You just look on my Instagram and you'll see him. <laughs> and, you know I mean? You'll see him yeah. and you can follow him out of out of there. That'd be sick. But he he's he's going to blow up. And, and he lives gonna, here? Yep. He li- he's from Vegas. So we have the Killers, Imagine Dragons, and now he's, Michael Richter. He's going to have to move off to Nashville, I guess. Uh, maybe. Maybe. It's where everyone gets discovered. You just never know. I mean, he's getting discovered here because Vegas is different now. It, it's a totally different. It's a city. totally different town. Like yeah. we, it was two hundred thousand when I was growing up. What is it now? Two point seven million. <laughs> like it's different deal, dude. Like yeah. it's it's awesome. I like didn't realize it was that. Big. I love having all these people. Like when the traffic is going through the roof and I'm dead stopped on the on the I-15. I'm like, welcome, everybody, welcome. And my friends are all like, Are you crazy? What's wrong with you, dude? And I'm like. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. I roll down the windows I'm like, hello, good afternoon. How you doing? Come on, welcome. Yeah, man. I love it. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I end every podcast with the same question, and it seems like it's right up your alley. What are three things in your life that you're most grateful for right now? Well, my beautiful wife, I'm really grateful for her. Uh, Roxanne's been there through thick and thin. She's, she's incredible, and I love her. Um, so I'm very grateful for her. Um, my, I'm very grateful for, for my daughter as well. Like I met her through my wife when she was five Mm. and so now she's 23 and she's an awesome individual so i'm very grateful for her too but those two are together so that and then if you want to we could throw the dog in there too because i'm very so family grateful for the yeah let's just call it family yeah and um and i'm also grateful for the amount of free time that i have because i think that being free having free time is is being rich it doesn't have anything to do with money no matter what you do in life, if you have free time, you are as rich as the richest person in the world. If they don't have any free time, like you're richer than them. In fact, yeah. like it's free time is everything to me. Like 
for me to be able to go to Starbucks every day if I want to for four hours yeah. means something to me. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to have to be anywhere or to have to do something. Yeah. It has to be up to me and to do, you know, whatever. Well, I, I mean, I think the caveat to that is you work your ass off for 10 weeks to earn, you know, a, a good amount of money yeah. so that you can have the other 42 weeks. Yeah, that, that as well. But it's also because I never worried about money. Mm. Still don't. I, I worried about free time 100%. That's how I became a, a, a good bike rider. Like, so if, 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 I, if I didn't worry about the free time, then I would never have been able to ride BMX as much as I did. Yeah. And, and everything revolved around that bike and having free time to go ride the bike. Sure. So, and then, and make music. Like I, I played the drums back then. So I always wanted to play drums. I always yeah. played drums. So I just, and that gave me rhythm. So then all of a sudden now the rhythm found me in my next life, which is now doing music and having fun on open mics and playing guitar and doing whatever, you know, yeah. and piano and whatever. So, and so I'm very family free time, free time. And I'm very grateful for the music as well. Like, I think the music is, is, is saved me, man. Cause when you, it's an interesting life when you turn like 35 to 40 and you're ex pro athlete, but you know that you can't do it anymore. Like them, like the, the, true competitors of today yeah um there's just no way i i couldn't hold those guys vans shoes up on the deck and be like here you go sir <laughs> like there's no way that those dudes those dudes are so dialed and so good and they've put so much time in that that like it, it's impossible for mm -hmm. a guy my age my level my my thing you know my bike riding whatever skills to to be able to compete with those dudes would be impossible yeah. so yeah. I'm very thankful for the time that I had on it. Yeah, it's, but it's that identity shift in your life. Yeah, man. So I'm very yeah. thankful. So when you're a pro athlete coming down from that ride that was just so high, it was so awesome Yeah. that um, you have to find a new passion. And if you don't have it, it's a dangerous place. Mm -hmm. And and I'm so thankful that I found it in music and, and being able to, to do music and just have fun. And like, I, I don't want, a record deal i don't want play on a radio i don't want then i don't care about any of that at yeah. all i just want to get better for myself and my friends yeah i love it i've loved this so thank you so much for coming by you got it man thank you chris i appreciate it brother appreciate you all right man okay there we go big thank you to tj lavin for joining us in the studio Thanks to you, as always, for joining us in the studio, this time in Las Vegas. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there, and I appreciate you spending some time with us today on Insight. You know, that makes me feel like the luckiest guy in the world. You can connect with TJ on social media. He's at TJ Lavin. You can find me, if you're looking for me, at Chris Van Vliet, V-L-I-E-T. And we'll leave you with this quote from Zig Ziglar, who says, some people often say that motivation doesn't last. Well, neither does bathing. That's why we recommend it daily. Mm. The motivation and the bathing. There you go. Be great. Be grateful. We will see you on the next one for some more insight. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.